Hello everyone, this is another episode of Different Shades of Queer. I'm your host, Sara, and in today's episode we have a new guest, Sof. Welcome, Sof. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm really excited about this. I'm so happy to have you here today. I literally just messaged you like a week ago and you have been so accommodating. So I'm very grateful for this. So as you know, um, every episode we start with a little shout out of some queer media or a business or a book an artist that we're enjoying it this week so would you like to go first yes um i do have a an author to shout out her name is alice oseman and she is my favorite queer author she is absolutely wonderful and she has quite a few books where lgbtqa2s plus characters are in the forefront um and she has her recent book loveless which is about a character going through and um, trying to figure out their identity in terms of their asexuality and she also has um, a comic a web comic that is just being turned into a TV show. So they just finished filming. So I'm very excited about that. Is it Heartstopper? Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, I'm a biggest fan too. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Um, yes, we highly recommend her books. So go check them out. Uh, for me, it's going to be an artist this week. It's funny because I usually am the book person. <laughs> um, and for me, it's going to be Arlo Parks. Um, she is a bisexual black um, musician who just like her voice is just amazing. I really enjoy their music. That's awesome. I will have to go check them out on Spotify. Yes, please do. <laughs> Okay, so in today's episode, we will be talking about the importance of queer spaces. Just we're going to bounce off some thoughts and ideas, and we would love for you to join this discussion um, after you listen to the episode. So first, um, I'm going to go ahead and try to define queer safe spaces. Uh, for me, queer safe spaces, it could be physical or online um, even emotional, I feel, uh, spaces that are purposely made uh, for queer and trans people uh, for them to feel safe and just feel like they belong. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think the idea of queer safe spaces has also changed a lot. Um, before it's a lot of, of in-person experiences and like meeting up and community groups especially uh, where queer people come and gather now there's so many online spaces we've got discord we've got like facebook groups for queer folks and that has also been another way that safe spaces are kind of popping up yeah um, it's incredible how with time and how new like trends and just how society evolves these spaces also evolve. Um, so that's that's really amazing. I'm going to go ahead and ask, do you think queer safe spaces are a necessity? Yes, I do think they're a necessity. Queer safe spaces offer sort of shelter from the outside world. It's a place where people can come together and where you feel safe, obviously, where you feel respected for who you are and that your identity is respected and how you choose to present yourself is respected. And 
there's a lot of places out in public in the world, maybe at school, maybe at work, where that's not possible. Mm-hmm. And so queer safe spaces offer sort of um, just a, a different environment to be in and to have the opportunity to be your true self. And it's so important to have to have them. Yeah, I 100% agree. I will almost say it's kind of like a refuge uh, for yeah. us. It's it's definitely a space made for people to let go of that pressure of performing or trying to hide. Yeah. And it can be so simple, honestly. Like, it could be just a place where you go play game boards. Game boards? Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. <laughs> Is it game boards? Board games? Oh. <laughs> 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 Okay, yes, board games, um, but through it, I don't know, maybe if you are just coming out with pronouns um, and it's a space where you feel safe enough to be open about that, that's incredible. Absolutely, yeah. And I think you sometimes hear people saying like, oh, but like, why? Like, why do they need it? Like, like, I don't understand. And it, it, it really goes with history, I guess. Um, the fact that queer and trans people have been persecuted for a very long time. And so um, finding places where people could be just themselves was very difficult. So let's go more local now. <laughs> um, are there any queer safe spaces in Fredericton for you? Um, there are quite a few. A lot of some of them are personal and some of them are like, public places I guess maybe we'll start with personal I'd like to consider my home a safe space um I make it a safe space for myself and I make it a safe space for my friends and those who I invite in my home and I think that's important to have that sort of personal environment where you can make it what you want and that has not always been something I've had either. And it's been something I've developed over the past year or two. And having a place that is my own, uh, it's really important. And it gives me a lot of opportunities to try new things at home and express myself at home and not have to worry about other people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, some other places, uh, let's say around Fredericton, uh, the 203, mm-hmm. obviously, um, the 203 is on the UMB Fredericton campus in the Student Union Building, and it's uh, a place for queer and trans student uh, of the tri-campus community, so UMB Stu and NBCC, to study, to hang out, to gather, to access resources. It is just like the most magical little place I love it with all my heart and all the people who volunteer there and the people who work to make that space safe. It is just when you walk in there, even there's a giant window and it's all light inside and there's a bookcase and there's couches. It just is so inviting and relaxing. And I I think that when I'm on campus, it's one of my favorite places to go. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, like those are two important things to have. It's important to have queer safe spaces for open to community, but yeah. also us ourselves um, to create queer safe spaces for our near circle, I guess. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like 
thinking about these places, um, how much resources they have for all of us in the community to create perhaps connections with other queer and trans people. Uh, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things for me, um, coming from another country uh, to a new city and letting myself be who I am, being really afraid that I didn't know anybody who was like me. So knowing that there are like these type of spaces in the city to create those connections is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a place where you can meet people that are potentially going to be some of the best friends you've, you've ever met, you know? Um, I've met so many people along the way. I've, I've been volunteering in the 203 for the past three years, and just the people I've met and the folks I've worked with, they bring so much joy to my life, and I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to meet them, and that wouldn't have been possible if this space didn't exist. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, I'm thinking other safe spaces for me in Fredericton. Um, huh. Okay, so I'm going to go a long way. And I understand how this may be a personal opinion and choice. Uh, but for me, Fredericton itself is a queer safe space. Um, now, I do still encounter people who make it not a safe space. <laughs> right, yeah. But uh, when I compare to back home uh, and other cities that I have been in, um, this has been the most welcoming place for me personally. Um, like when I go out, it's almost like I'm like, yes. I am queer, I'm here, and I just kind of want to let everyone know <laughs> type of thing. The library, for example, for me, um, the public library. Um, the one downtown? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, like they have their own um, LGBTQIA uh, collection, and they always have like events happening, Um specifically for the community also like the books that they um try to purchase and stuff like that i find that a safe space safe space uh because growing up um a lot of the times when i will pick up like a queer book i will be very ashamed <laughs> and try not to show it publicly or something like that or it was very difficult to access those type of yeah. books um so the fact that is so available here is definitely made it a safe space for me but I do understand they are not specifically made as an institution for queer and trans people you know so it's interesting how sometimes spaces not specifically designed to be something um become that yeah 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 I agree um I visit the library quite often and I have to agree with the fact that it, it's a safe, a safe queer space. Uh, they offer a lot of resources as well, which is a huge thing in, in terms of what I, I think is important in a safe space. And knowing that they are actively 
providing these resources and trying to help the community and allowing the community to access their spaces like through running events and inviting members of the community to to spend time and, and make sure that they're comfortable in their space like that is that's it <laughs> that is yeah it. that is it that's why we call it almost like a very supportive ally yeah um, yeah okay so let's talk about difference between in-person queer spaces and online spaces. I think online spaces are extremely important to reach those who don't have access to in-person um, queer safe spaces. It also just helps you connect with so many um, queer and trans people in the world um, and it kind of gives you a reality check that you're not alone um yeah so I find that very special yeah uh online queer spaces have become sort of my go-to the past mm -hmm. year um with a lot of places not being open because of worldly circumstances uh queer spaces online have become uh what I consider the easiest to access yeah um i'm currently a part of a discord group for queer new brunswick and mm -hmm. it has people from all across the province in it wow. and it's been really it's been really eye-opening seeing other people's experiences as a queer person in the province some people definitely do not have the family support or the institutional support or community support support that um, I might have uh, some communities are a lot less accepting and this offers a place for them to come and to talk to other people and to meet other people who share similar interests and not everything we talk about is necessarily queer and trans related oh, yeah. we talk a lot about gaming we talk a lot about music we talk about just like our daily lives like what's going on we share like pictures of our pets you know <laughs> it, it becomes a place where you can really feel comfortable sharing all aspects of your life and the focus isn't necessarily on you being a queer or trans person mm -hmm. but you just existing in a place that accepts you that's incredible and yeah like the idea like sometimes yes you go there to talk about those parts of yourself but a lot of the time it's just experiencing the world and different yeah. aspects and um being able to create bonds on like similar interests and mm -hmm. stuff like that wow And yeah, if you're listening in the future, <laughs> COVID-19 <laughs> happened, <laughs> a pandemic ensued, and the physical queer spaces were no longer open to the public. Um, and that was very sad, but uh, it showed how many online spaces were like needed and um, how important they are. I remember earlier, was it last year? I think so. Um, I went to one of the 203 Hangout online spaces. Yeah. And um, it was brief, but it was cool uh, to know that there were other people out there as well. Uh, just drinking tea and talking about our <laughs> daily lives. Um, yeah. It was amazing. Uh, online spaces are valid. <laughs> I think that's what I want to say. 
I feel like I hear sometimes like, oh, well, it's not real. Or like, um, you, you cannot see each other like face yeah. to face and stuff like that. But uh, for many people, that's all they have. Mm-hmm. And also, there are people that you meet online that really become important. Um, so, yeah. yes. On, on the note of online spaces and uh-huh. sort of the idea of it not being enough, um, I think that queer people have shown resilience throughout the whole pandemic and then coming and creating these online groups is just it's another way that we um, amplify our voices and that we um, make spaces for ourselves that aren't necessarily available. A hundred percent. Okay, so this is a bit of like a statement. Um, I like to throw some statements in our episodes and just talk about it. So the statement is, there is a need for non-alcohol related queer safe spaces. Do you have any thoughts on it? Yes, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Okay, for sure. I am somebody who does not um, drink alcohol just because of past abuse and it is not something that I necessarily feel safe around all the time and historically speaking bars and clubs were one of the first places where queer and trans people were accepted where they could go and they could dress however they want they could act however they want they can meet people they can love who they want in these spaces and the fact that it was centered around alcohol um has sort of continued now we still have lots of queer bars Mm -hmm. and and clubs and those spaces are needed I think those spaces are really important and they are pillars for events and performances and gathering Uh, but we need other options for queer and trans people for whom alcohol is alcohol makes the safe on this I'm sorry <laughs> for no, whom yeah. alcohol makes the space unsafe mm-hmm. um a lot of events around pride also surround uh surrounding the adult crowd I suppose yeah. drinking and queer events go hand in hand and there's a lack of events for for specifically adults there's lots of family events that are or all ages events that are um, sober, mm-hmm. but specifically adult events, it's hard to find something that is sober. Um, and it's sort of forgotten about, I think. A hundred percent. Like, definitely agree on you that it's part of the history of the queer and trans community, a hundred percent. But as we grow, it's important to see their other needs as well. Um, Many of the people in the community struggle with addiction or even just like as much as you want to prevent to happen, alcohol-related spaces uh, bring a pressure to the public. So definitely important to have those spaces that are not related to alcohol it could be cafes it could be community centers um it could be bookshops i don't know (laughs) different types of things even groups like oh my god i don't know if you saw but uh last summer i don't know if they're still active 
um, this uh, queer and trans inclusive um, skating group up here in Frederick. Oh my gosh, wow. That's yeah. really cool. I know. And so it was like folks who were um, queer, trans, and they just like went to the skate parks and skated together because sometimes these people didn't feel included in their regular yeah. like skating um, places. And those type of initiatives um, make something that um, it was not completely inclusive inclusive and it's amazing yeah I think that kind of goes back to the idea where I talked about how queer spaces is not necessarily just a place to talk about your queerness but also mm. your common interest so something like skating yes. getting together and sharing common interests whether it's skating or whether it's books or whether it's um I don't know, I've had like D&D groups before um, where it's queer and trans folks uh, that that is a safe space um, and alcohol is not involved in that. Uh, and so it's nice to celebrate parts of our life that we have in common outside of um, bars or clubs. 100%. And I think um, people listening, <laughs> what we're trying to say is not slandering um, alcohol-related yeah. spaces. Yes. <laughs> or if, uh, um, let's have the option. Um, yeah. Let's have different spaces for different needs um, mm-hmm. type of thing. Uh, because personally, I love the idea of queer bars. Like, <laughs> I just do. <laughs> um, I think I, I really enjoy them. But I also enjoy having places where I don't need to go drinking uh, to be able to find this community of people. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I don't want to slander <laughs> any bar or club. Um, and there actually is, I think there's a new club opening as well downtown called Monarch. So I do not want to. <laughs> no, no, very excited for it. <laughs> very excited. Um, yeah. And before Monarch was boom, and mm-hmm. they had been such a supportive role in the queer and trans community. They hosted lots of drag events. It's, it's where... Um, a lot of the community gathered and so that is also important um I don't want to I don't no, want to no, no, no. I didn't mean we were to but just like sometimes people are like oh my god you're really against it and it's like no um it's just we would like other places as well yeah <laughs> and find it important on that note uh, I think it's really important to highlight that for these queer safe spaces to be inclusive and safe, there's a lot, a lot of work that needs to be done in, in them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, a lot of anti-racism policies, yeah. um, because a lot of the times people forget that in the queer and trans community, racism exists. So um, for these spaces to be truly safe spaces, uh, there needs to be a lot of work on these areas as well. Or many times that, cool, you find like a queer friendly space and then you find out people are not trans friendly and that's not right. a safe space. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, it's it's not just saying, yes, we are a safe space <laughs> but um look this is the work we're doing and this is how we're trying to be uh safe and inclusive for all yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, you know, this is how it goes. <laughs> I get passionate about that. <laughs> oh my. I, I, I totally agree. Like a lot of people forget the um, overlapping identities that exist in the queer community mm-hmm. um, where BIPOC queer folks are, are sort of forgotten about and um, those sort of inclusionary policies and spaces for them to feel safe is just it's just forgotten mm-hmm. and not enough attention is paid to it another thing is accessibility with yes. safe spaces you can call yourself a safe space but if you don't have accessibility for folks who need it uh, whatever their disability may be then it's not a safe space <laughs> A hundred percent. Yeah, I do agree on that. And that's an area that a lot of um, physical places specifically need to work on. Um, And also realizing that online safe spaces create this opportunity for many people (laughs) that uh, cannot physically access these Mm -hmm. spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Like my dream, (laughs) my dream in life is that when I have enough resources, I would love to open like a cafe, bookshop, or like library type of um, place. That's just like uh, what I aim to do with my life, um, a safe space for queer and trans people, definitely. That uh, so amazing and magical. And if you do that, I will be the first person to visit. <laughs> yes, I... Oh. Thank you so much. Thank you for the support for my dream. <laughs> um, I just, I wish I had the money for it, but well, someday, someday, hopefully. In the meantime, just trying to put myself out there in um, as many queer safe spaces as I can. <laughs> yes. Do you have any other thoughts on the topic? Any other ideas? Maybe a dream like mine. <laughs> <laughs> I think a place that um, trying to think. Mm-hmm. I think a place that's open during the day. I don't really know what it would be, but I would just love more centers and yeah. spaces to be available during the day. That's all. <laughs> no, and that's that's a very valid point. Um, <laughs> I I I do relate with that. Yeah. Um, nighttime kind of be again accessible for everyone. It can also be a little scary. <laughs> and sometimes throughout the day you just want to go to a space like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Wow. Incredible. So for anyone who is listening again, uh, we would love to hear about what are your queer safe spaces? Um, do you prefer online or physical? Um, do you agree with us on the need of non-alcohol related queer and trans safe spaces? Let us know your thoughts. Let us know if you agree with us. Um, if you have any dreams like mine, <laughs> maybe you want to be a partner in this uh, plan of mine. <laughs> uh, I would love to. <laughs> um, yes. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Different Shades of Queer. Uh, thank you so much so for being here and discussing this topic with me. Um, thank you for all of your thoughts and contributions. Um, I hope this was a safe space <laughs> and I hope that everyone comes back for next episode. I'm very excited about it and yes, please tune in next week. 
as well. Thank you for listening and bye-bye.